0: Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of GoreCom, in which we take the time to speak with small-cap executives right after they put out big news. With us today, first time ever, we've got Johnson Joseph, CEO of Peak Fintech Group, trades on the CSC under the stock symbol PKK and on the OTCQX under PKKFF. We also have, beautiful bonus, our friend Sheldon Inwintosh, Chairman, CEO, of 3D Capital. Trades under IDK on the CSC, IDKFF on the OTCQB. For those of you new to Peak, and that's going to be a you, how do we describe the company with a question? How do you connect over 100 small businesses in China who need access to credit with over 10,000 banks and lending institutions that all have unique lending criteria? Peak's Cubular uh, Lending Hub uses artificial intelligence and anal- analytics to automate the process. It's an... AI powered platform that's making the Chinese commercial lending system more efficient for small business and for lenders. More than just lip service, because we know a lot of small cap comes like the talk. Peak reported revenue growth of 293% to $11.2 million for the first half of 2020. It's targeting 40 million in revenue, 4 million in EBITDA for 2020. And they signed an agreement to bring Lending Hub, if that wasn't enough to 60,000 online electric stores. Here to talk about all that is Johnson, Joseph, and Sheldon. Guys, welcome to the show. Hi, George, nice to be here, thanks for having us. Good to be here. Great to have you guys, gents. uh, Johnson, first time you're here, love what you're doing. Before we get to the specifics of your press release yesterday in which you announced that you recorded the first transaction related to the program, that brings finance to six thousand online stores. For all the new people at home, either from Agorcom or just from your trading activity, that are trying to figure out who's peak, give us the broad strokes of this agreement with BDC.
1: Okay. Uh, first of all, you mentioned the uh, the revenue that we generated in the first uh, in the first half of this year. Uh, for the folks out there who don't know the uh, those revenue and the revenue for 2019 were generated with about. 20 to 25,000 small businesses that we facilitated loans for uh, in 2020, uh, uh, 2019, and the first half of 2020. Now, what this agreement does for us, uh, because this distributor, let's call it BDC for short, this distributor's got 60,000 online stores, as you mentioned, right? So, if you can imagine, we generated um, the revenue that we generated in 2019 and the first half of 2020 with only about 25,000 stores. Just imagine what we can do uh, with uh, 60,000 stores. Now, I'm not saying that uh, all 60,000 stores are gonna be um, borrowing money right away uh, on the platform, but uh, it gives you an idea in terms of the scope and what this, uh, this contract represents for us.
0: What do you think is gonna happen in terms of rollout? Because I'm glad you said that. 60,000 stores are not all gonna turn on tomorrow, but suddenly George's Electronics Store uh, in China, who has to buy my inventory from a wholesaler, instead of trying to figure out how I'm gonna pay for that in cash, or if I can somehow run to my bank, now I can almost, I can get it all done uh, through your platform. What kind of rollout do you think that's gonna, and if it takes a year, it takes a year, you know, but how does the rollout look?
1: You know what, uh, uh, we we haven't started talking about yesterday's press release yet, but uh, one of the things um, that's exciting about this program is, how quickly um, people seem to be buying it, right? So uh, our objective uh, to launch the program was to have it start probably around the first week of December, but uh, inevitably um, some, of the, um, some of the clients of BDC, the small shops and medium shops that sell on online portals like uh, JD.com, Tmall, Pingduoduo, they got word that this program was being implemented, right? So uh, the owner of BDC also kind of like mentioned that to a couple of them, and they couldn't wait for us to start the program. Now, they all knew that our target date was the, the first week of December, but a few of them approached the owner of BDC and said, hey, listen, we have an opportunity here. Uh, there's a whole bunch of iPhones. <laughs> iPhones are really um, selling well right now in, in our stores. And we have an opportunity to get our hands on some inventory, but we need some funding. Is there any way you guys can uh, speed up the process? I'm so, um, so uh, in terms of adoption, George, uh, we had forecasted that we we're going to get maybe, I would say, like you know, a couple, like uh, you know, a couple of thousand uh, in the first few months or whatever, and then and then slowly scale it up, but it would appear that uh, um, if if this is any indication, it would appear that this thing is going to scale up a lot quicker uh, than than we expect. So we don't have any numbers yet to answer your question in terms of, um, Of are you going to get like, you know, uh, 30,000 on board, 50,000 or whatever during the the next year or so? We don't know. Uh, We still have to wait until we get get the program started. But if there's any indication, we think that the adoption rate is going to surprise us.
0: So, despite some pretty big announcements in 2020 that have helped pretty much quadruple your share price over the past couple of months, you said this BDC agreement uh, is the most important of all of your agreements. Is that why? Because you're hearing this kind of feedback and the size of the potential
1: target customer base there? A- absolutely, George. I mean, look, we're in the business of facilitating loans, right? So or platforms available to pretty much any business. If you're a business owner, whether you you work in the service industry, you have a restaurant, you do consulting, whatever, you you can sign up and get access to funding. But um, obviously uh, the best types of businesses for us are the businesses that need capital on a continuous basis, right? So there is no better target for us than the retail business, right? What do you do in retail? You buy inventory, you hope to sell it as quickly as possible and then you have to replenish that inventory right so um, so you have to constantly manage your cash flow make sure you have enough money sure. to take advantage of opportunities right so there is the opportunity for for a lot of repeat business with these types of with, with the retail business and also just the online space itself uh, China everybody buys pretty much anything online like I mean you can you, this is this is an agreement with uh with an electronics uh, consumer electronics distributor but you can buy food online there are all, all kinds of things that you can buy online yeah, and they're,
0: they're way ahead
1: by, yeah and, and by the way you know the the uh the pandemic right when everything was locked down in china for the first few months of the year everything was totally locked down right so the only way stores weren't open so the only way people could get access to, to, to products was to order online you know what the pandemic did? The pandemic actually increased the rate at which people buy products in China online. They buy online, right? So this opens an avenue for us to eventually, by doing this deal with the BDC, uh, with the BDC, because they have relationships, they have direct relationships with some of the country's largest e-commerce uh, portals. We're talking Tmall, which belongs to Alibaba. JD.com, which is the second largest uh, portal in, in, in the country, and PingdouDou. So BDC has got relationships with all three of those portals. Now, by doing this deal with BDC, not only are we uh, going to have access to their 60,000 online shops, but it, put, it potentially opens the door for us to have a deal yep. directly with the JDs, the Malls, or, or the PingdouDou. So that's why this agreement is so exciting for us.
0: I'm going to come back to you, Johnson, on a couple of questions related to adjustments and the fees that have come up about this press release. But let's stay with Sheldon here on the big picture side. Sheldon, look, you're a world, you don't need to be introduced. You're a world class investor and in financier of small caps. You've been active about Peak on social media. I'm seeing you
2: retweet their press release, things like that. What attracted you to Peak? Uh, this is a company I've been following for some time because. There are very few opportunities in the junior market emerging company space where you can deal and with the addressable market of China. Many large companies, Apple and so forth, can go there and do business at a very high level. But for a small emerging company that actually focuses 100% of their current platform, into uh, that market where you can have 100 million businesses is actually mind-boggling. The se- second thing is they've been able to establish this business entirely with Chinese nationals inside China that understand the business, the culture, and the way of doing business. You match that with what I think is an outstanding technology base that is scalable. And the key word is scalable. The company did an acquisition in a number of months ago that really really interested me and then I began to chase the company actually to become an investor and it took me a couple months uh to to actually get the company's attention and just completed a financing and uh allow myself to become in to come in as an investor because I believe that the combination of AI which is allows you to target and match customers and vendors Absolutely. is absolutely advanced technology and you do that on the basis of fintech which already was in a massive evolutionary bull market you know you have a killer app here and if you have a killer app and you're addressing a market of this size the leverage as an investor is is absolutely exceptional and and mind-boggling
0: and you kind of answered a question there but i'm going to ask it specifically because what i was thinking is what is your involvement with the company? So it sounds like you're an investor. I'm not sure if that's open market, if you participate in private placements. And if I can ask, uh, are you able to comment on potentially 3D Capital's interest in peak?
2: No, for sure. But I would say that as part of the strategic round that the company did approximately one or two months ago, uh, that IDK was part of that. And as part of uh, getting involved, um, I became an advisor to the company. So therefore I have... um, a big incentive uh, by owning the shares of this company to help them expose themselves, which I would like to do in terms of my network and 3d capitals, because I believe that this is going to be something extremely special. uh, And it's something I'm very proud to be associated with.
0: You pride yourself on discovering, you know, disruptive technology companies before others do. How powerful is Peak's combination of both fintech and artificial intelligence? Because you you don't really see that uh, in the small cap world at all. And and where do you think fintech goes in the next couple of years?
2: Well, fintech's already been on a trajectory, um, and what's happening in the whole world of banking and peer to peer, which ultimately, in my view, will lead to the blockchain, and the blockchain will lead to digital currencies. And our whole financial system in the world is going to change. And to do that, it's all revolves around FinTech. The buzzword of AI, artificial intelligence, and I say buzzword because it gets thrown around maybe a bit too lightly, is very, very much appropriate to FinTech and very much appropriate to the platform, which underneath the layer of this company, it's called Cubular. So it's a technology platform that basically matches and uses FinTech, which is financial technology, And using AI allows for computers to do all the thinking, targeting, accumulating data uh, that humans used to do. And so that means that you can scale and do many, many transactions, vet all the information, put your business models in, and it really is such a natural combination. I believe this is the beginning. And the beginning is, because we all live a long life, is that the future is, Spiraling now. It's going exponential in terms of technology uh, evolution and revolution. And I believe that this platform, it just fits right into that whole future world and the way I see it. And it's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And more companies are going to be co- complementary to it. And it's taking the old, maybe bricks and mortar business to a different level. Uh, Johnson mentioned digital. COVID has basically forced the world to go more digital because of all the aspects of the stay at home. And I believe it's part of a change that you know people say the new normal. You know I believe that 80% of it is going to prevail as the way we do business. And I see a lot and read a lot where you can just do so much remotely and efficiently, effectively, just like we're having this Zoom call. I didn't have to drive down to your studio Johnson didn't have to get on a plane. We are able to do this. Uh, People can watch at their leisure. And so the whole digital revolution fits into exactly what Johnson's saying, that people can do things at the press of a button. And this company, uh, Peak Fintech, underneath by Kubler, enables and drives, that's the engine that drives the ability for this company to do all that. And where it can go is anybody's guess, but there again are very few, if any companies that are startup, if you will, uh, that can address this market on their own turf, where there's almost no limit to growth.
0: Yeah, I I can tell you Sheldon, that a FinTech AI powered company uh, that's already generating significant revenue in China on the B2B side, uh, great combination. Johnson, let's come back to you. Couple of questions for you. Uh, one, in your press release, uh, you said that even though the program launched a month ahead of time, uh, the program was still undergoing some minor adjustments. Can you elaborate on that, or is that just typical that you know this pro this program is going to have minor adjustments always because technology?
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's always going to uh, evolve. Um, the technology is always going to evolve, get better and better. But for this particular program, um, what we're what we're looking to implement is when a financial institution, for example, when a financial institution makes a loan, uh, there's a feature that allows that financial institution to follow that loan, to monitor that loan, if you will, right. To see if the company is is experiencing difficulties or anything like that, right? Sure. So that's a very important feature um, of the lending hub for lenders and banks who participate in, 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 the, uh, in the platform. Now, we we did a lot of the integration work because we needed to integrate uh bdc system into the lending hub so that we have data on those sixty thousand uh businesses in order to be able to qualify them so that part of the work is pretty much done but the uh, the other aspects some other aspects such as the uh the monitoring um service for the financial institutions is not final yet but you know, there was an urgent need and uh, these businesses basically just said, Hey, listen, we really need this right now. So we allowed them to, we kind of like started the program, uh, a little bit ahead of time because of them, but yeah, um, it's going to take maybe like a few more weeks before all of the features are implemented. And once all of the features are implemented, it's going to allow us to, um, generate a little more revenue because right now on the first transaction that occurred, we weren't able to, uh, to add some of the features that will be part of the program. So that's why um, our fees were limited to that 2% that we mentioned.
0: Ah, okay, because that was the question I had for you. There was some confusion about the 2% fees. Uh, so that that's what it accounts for. The The, the whole program isn't fully installed yet. So you just, what, when when everything's fully installed, everything's ready to go, wh- what are your fees gonna be on, on these
1: transactions? you see uh we in the press release we said that uh, the fees came out to approximately two percent of the annualized interest rate charged by the lenders now we have to be very very careful i think a lot of people it's been well documented that um the uh the uh, the regulators put a pause on and financials ipo right so and financial operates well it's and group now i should say sorry they operate a platform Uh, where they provide technology. But uh, in addition to that platform, in addition to the technology, they provide a lot of financial services. So so they are uh, subject to to new regulations that affect the financial services. They provide insurance, they provide banking, all that stuff, right? So the regulators are making it clear that, hey, if you are dabbling in uh, banking services charging interest, whatever, we're going to regulate you as a financial institution or financial services company, right? So what we have to be very, very careful that we are not perceived by the regulators as a financial services company, right? We're a more technology company and what we charge are fees. Now, our fee structure is a little bit complicated. I'm going to try to simplify it for, for the audience here a little bit. So when a financial institution comes in, First of all, we charge them for for the analytics that we perform in order to match them with the right uh, boring candidates. Right. So we charge a fee for that if there is monitoring to be done, depending on how long the loan is for. For instance, if the loan is for three months, uh, we're going to charge fees related to providing monitoring for three months. But if this is like an 18 month or more loan, then the fees are going to be a little bit higher. But the important thing is that these are fees that we're charging and they are not pegged to the interest rate that the financial institution is charging. So we have to be very, very careful of that. Now, what we mentioned in the press was, what what, what we try to do, okay, is we try to bring uh, the fees that we charge to an equivalent of the interest rate charged by the lender so that our investors and shareholders have an idea in terms of, you know what? What the range is proportional. Yeah, you want to you want
0: to be able to provide them visibility.
1: Exactly right. So that they can make their own calculations and really under and, and get a better understanding for what uh, uh, how much revenue can be generated by the program. So the two percent that we charge, when we say it's two percent of the annualized interest rate, it's actually a series of fees that equate to um, um, sure. to that two percent. Now, once all of the services are available. That range will be more. We, we will, the 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 fees will be more around four uh, percent of the annualized interest rates charged by the lenders.
0: Look, it's clear to me. I'm not. I'm not a banking specialist in China, but Sheldon, it seems to me that CUBULAR, uh, uh, the lending hub, is a platform at the end of the day, and uh, you're 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 generating fees at the end of the day, uh, Johnson, because you're helping lenders be more efficient way more efficient and you're helping the the businesses uh uh, be more efficient uh sheldon when you when you look at this as a platform and we know platforms are the future that's just we are we've seen twitter we've seen facebook we've seen uh netflix spotify platforms are clearly the future but they've been retail facing for now Uh, Sheldon, how how excited are you about the fact that this is a B2B platform uh, that is in need and will only increase in need over the weeks, months, and years to come?
2: Well, I'm I'm exceptionally excited, and uh, I said to Johnson, one of the very first things I said to him is, we need that in Canada. Um, The people that I speak to, and most Small businesses, banks don't lend anymore. The traditional banking model is fee-driven, asset gathering, and uh, really is non-risk-taking. And this includes even mortgages on homes where it's almost impossible to qualify. And and the small guy is being priced out of the market, whether it's an, an individual or his business. So when I originally was looking at this, I go, this is just as easily needed here as in China, as in America. And I know that there's a massive micro lending business, for example, in the car industry, that has been hugely successful for others. And I've watched that. The cash flow numbers are, are absolutely tremendous. And this is sort of an extension of about an even more broader one where you're providing access to capital to those that basically cannot find it, have no idea that there's, you know, chinked uh, or somewhere in China that, that, that can provide them in the same way in Canada. It could be in Yellow Horse and there's somebody who has some money and they want to lend it to somebody who needs it. How do you match those people? And AI allows you to do that. And so I believe that this platform uh, addresses, the needs worldwide. It just so happens China is, is the most emerging of these markets and concentrated and the and the biggest growth almost of every market in the world because of the lower base of, of commerce that it's coming from. So uh, this is just the beginning and we've had conversations about this. I mean, China is big enough for any company. Absolutely. But uh, the the application sure. here is 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 worldwide.
0: Johnson, I want to ask you uh, a little bit about that. Yeah, Sheldon's right that the focus is on this press release from yesterday because it was a big one. But just quickly, you know, just giving us a look in the future, you've already started setting up lending hubs for cities, right? So uh, I know you don't want to put the cart before the horse and that growth if you really want to could just come from your core business, getting bigger and bigger in China. So where do you see the company moving forward? I mean, 2020 is almost over and you're ending off in a position that looks like the strongest you've ever been. What can the uh, investors in the market look
1: forward to uh, you guys doing in
0: 2021? Um,
1: 2021, I would say uh, getting a deal with one of the large e-commerce portals in China. Uh, that, that would be, I, I mean, expanding from city to city, uh, brick and mortar is very, uh, obviously, I mean, that, 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 that's part of the roadmap as well, right? So we have a couple of cities uh, under our belts now. Obviously, we're going to continue to uh, expand the, uh, the fi- financial center uh, concept that was uh, started in, um, in Jiangning this year. So, we will expand city, uh, city by city. But really, Absolutely. the interesting thing for us is in terms of sheer numbers, right? So, these portals, we're talking each one of the uh, of Ping Duo Duo, JD.com, T they have in excess of 1 million retailers. And it's about that repeat business, George, that I mentioned before, right? So, there's huge turnover. They're buying inventory, selling inventory. So, uh, getting it to a deal with one, or more of those large e-commerce portals would be astronomical for the company. So that's definitely going to be an area of focus for us in 2021. And as I mentioned, this concept, okay, uh, the lending hub concept is something that other countries can benefit from, right? So um, Asian countries, we have connections uh, in India and other uh, parts of Asia. So expanding the services there, working with, uh, uh, Kubler is a private company, but uh, it, it's, it's related to Peak. So working with Kubler on monetizing the analytics because there's a lot of data right now, as I'm sure you can imagine, um, that, uh, uh, that, that, that the platform is accumulating and we haven't even begun to monetize that data yet. You know, you mentioned platforms yeah. before, um, whether it's Amazon, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, whatever, The most valuable uh, assets of those platforms, of any platform for that matter, is the data that they accumulate, the data that they have, right? And their ability to monetize that data. We haven't even talked about how PEAK is going to monetize that data, but there is a plan. So um, there should be more evidence of that coming in 2021. So that's something that should be very exciting uh, for for investors and shareholders. And uh, yeah, so the, the, and also the expansion to other markets, right? So beyond Asia, uh, we could potentially do something in North America and Europe in 2021. Um, so yeah, they're they're definitely exciting things to look forward to as a peak shareholder for 2021 and beyond.
0: Yeah, I got time. Just got in my two cents. There's so many great things about what you guys are doing. One one thing I really love is because Agoracom is a platform. About what you're doing is that because of the artificial intelligence component, this is the part I love. George may be a, a retailer that's you know trying to take credit from, from the platform. But today, George's electronic store is in this position. Tomorrow, it may be in a better position. So I need a different kind of lending or it might be in a worse position. I need a different kind of lending. What I love about your platform is it's almost a living, breathing animal. Because if I understand it correctly, I go in and I update my profile, my financials and all those things. And the AI automatically says, okay, based on where you are now, now you want to, you know, these are the lenders that are most applicable to you. Correct. Which to me makes the service at some point a utility Like you have to have it. There's just no way to go back to let me put this on spreadsheets. Let me get my account to put together uh, financial statements and start emailing them all over the place. That doesn't make sense. So I love platforms. I'm a huge believer in them and, Given the fact, Johnson, you guys have achieved the success you've achieved, that speaks volumes. Let's face it, there's a lot of talk out there you're delivering. And then bringing the fact that Sheldon is a strategic advisor, an advisor to the company. And I love uh, what you guys be gonna be doing going forward and, and can't wait to have you back on.
1: All right, thanks, George. Really enjoyed uh, my first appearance here and hopefully it won't be the last. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I, I doubt it's going to be the last. That's for, that, that's for sure, Shame. Johnson. Sheldon, thanks so much for, for, as always, you know, when we Thank let you, your expertise on yeah. your vision and putting your money where your mouth yeah. Is, yeah. speaks volumes. You've been watching Johnson Joseph, CEO of Peak uh, Fintech Group, trades on the CSC under the stock symbol PKK, and on the OTCQX, which should also tell you something if you read between the lines under PKKFF. Uh, as well, Sheldon and Wintosh. Chairman, CEO, 3D Capital, needs no introduction, IDK on the CSE, IDKFF on the OTCQB. Look, for those of you who've been watching or listening by podcast, uh, there's a lot of information to take in here. And not just information, but it's a brand new business model. And it's a brand new business model in another country, on on another continent. So if you didn't absorb it all, A, we don't blame you, B, Get to the Peak Hub on Agoracom. Get to the profile page, read through that. We've laid it all out for you in a way that you can really understand the company and where it's going so you can grasp all this. And then hop over to the Peak website, all right? It's a fantastic website. What I love about it is just like what we do, they've taken very very, uh, complex topics and really, you know, communicated those in a way that everyone can understand. You do all that and hopefully you discovered your next great small cap fintech, artificial intelligence, China-based B2B company. Don't say we didn't tell you, so have a great day. See you next time.